to this special bonus edition of the National Treasure Hunt podcast, where the secret lies not only with Charlotte, but also with your co-hosts. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And as you probably know, Emily and I are on a bit of a hiatus right now, sort of in between the end of our first season and before the start of the second season of our show. So honestly, guys, we were a little afraid that you were going to forget about us. So we thought, what better way to keep you engaged in the National Treasure Hunt universe before we premiere season two than to release a special bonus edition of our show, Engaging the Fans. It's going to be a really fun one because what we're going to do today is we're going to take an opportunity to interview a handful of National Treasure superfans that have been talking to us on Twitter for the past several months. And uh, this is a really, really fun episode for us to record, right, Em? Oh, it's super fun. And, you know, guys, I just want to say that, you know, when we start listening to the episode, you're going to notice something. You're going to notice that my lovely voice is absent, really. That I am, (laughs) it's not there. Now, I am sad to say that I was not able to attend all of these interviews. And the interviews that I was able to attend, I was having some microphone issues. Therefore, I did not speak. So some (laughs) of the interviews, and those of you who were in those interviews will know, I was just either sitting there having microphone malfunctions or making facial responses to everything you were saying. For those of you who I didn't get to meet, I know it's like a super big disappointment. You were looking forward to meeting me. Aubrey got on and you were just like, oh, it's it's Aubrey. Where's Emily? She's clearly the better one of this. I mean, she's like the Riley of this podcast. Like, why would I not want to talk to her? I'm sorry, guys, for those of you who I wasn't able to meet. And I certainly hope that if we are able to do something like this again, that I will be able to grace you with my presence. It was a big loss for everyone, Emily. So um, thanks for the apology. I Mm -hmm. accept it on behalf of the fans. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So the least you can do at this point, Emily, is tell us where everyone is going to come talk to us after they listen to this episode today on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at nthuntpodcast. And you can listen to any of our episodes, as you probably know if you're listening to this, on any streaming platform that your little heart desires. It can be iTunes. It can be Spotify. You can even, you know, be kind of indie and go with SoundCloud. It's really up to you. We're trying to cater to all of you on all of our, uh, all of these platforms here. So at NT Hunt Podcast. Uh, So go ahead and give us a listen, subscribe, rate, and review, and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you, obviously, because we engaged with those of you who were talking to us on Twitter. So we absolutely love to engage with you and would love to be able to talk to even more of you guys. Yes, hint, hint. If you'd like to make your podcast debut in the future, a way you might do that is by chatting with us, and then we might invite you on. So incentives, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So when we start playing back these episodes, it was a lot of fun for us to be able to hear how the National Treasure film franchise impacted 
other people and their daily lives, just like those films have impacted us. But, you know, I say just like they impacted us, but really we got a diversity of perspectives in terms of, yeah, some of these folks that we talked to literally chose career paths or educational paths because in part of a love for these movies, some of them have tried their own hand at sort of writing what National Treasure 3 could look like. They come from all over the world, not just all over the United States, and they have some pretty awesome ideas to share with all of us about what's on page 47, or where they'd love to see National Treasure 3 film, or in Emily's case, what their favorite quote is. (laughs) <laughs> Lots of good quotes to choose from. So yeah, Em, I don't really think we have much more to say. Should we get this show on the road? Let's do it. All right. Well, without further ado, please welcome to the National Treasure Hunt podcast, our National Treasure superfans. All right, let's bring her in. We have our first National Treasure Hunter on the line with us today. So tell us, what is your name? Where are you from? And what do you do? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. Love National Treasure and love your podcast. Um, I'm Nicole Flockton. As you can tell, I'm from deep, deep south Texas, like down under Texas. So (laughs) I live in Houston for the last 10 years, but I'm initially from Perth, Australia. And I am a romance author, so I bring love to life. Well, that is amazing. And for everyone who is listening to us here today, I just have to say that ever since we started our podcast a few months ago, Nicole has been one of the most fun people for us to chat with on Twitter. So we are absolutely thrilled to have you. I'm, I'm really interested in the fact that you are a romance author because National Treasure isn't a classic romance film. So, so what do you love about National Treasure? Oh, I think it's just the whole aspect of the what ifs, you know. What if there really is a treasure? What if there really is, um, you know, all these secret messages around the country and stuff like that? I think that's a really cool aspect of it. And, you know, Ben ends up with Abigail, so there is romance in there. It's very true. And, you know, my co-host, Emily, she is a a big fan of romance films and the romance side of stories, and she loves that aspect of this film. Do you, I've got to ask, do you find their relationship to be sort of an afterthought or do you think that it gets enough attention because I know that some people look at the film and and see it as you know it's not even necessary in the movie look when you think about it in all movies like even the Terminator there was that thread of romance there's always a thread of romance in every movie whether it's just subtle or in your face and I think Ben and Abigail's romance is subtle enough that there's just compatible with their same interests and that sort of thing. So it's just it was just a slow build. So I think it works. I think there's just enough attention on it for it to work. Hey, you're the expert. We'll we'll trust <laughs> we'll trust you on that. Um, speaking of Abigail and Ben, if you could play the role of any character, whether it be one of the main characters or someone you know we barely see in either of these films, who would you pick and why? I think. I would go 
Riley because I would really love to have those mad computer skills that he has. <laughs> you know, the way he's able to sit in the restroom and, and, you know, oh, that's in the second movie, but in this one in the, he's, you know, in the truck and he's tapped into the whole uh, camera system and all that sort of stuff and, you know, that's what I'd really like It's just those mad computer skills and his dry sense of humour. And I was really interested to hear you say that he had a small part and they expanded it. And I mentioned that to my husband today when we were watching the movie. And we were both like, the movie can't work without Riley having such a big part because everything that Ben is able to do, Riley's there and providing a necessary skill for Ben to take that next step into finding the treasure. Absolutely. I think that you make a really good point because their skill sets, Ben and Riley's skill sets are really complementary, both from the practical standpoint in the treasure hunt itself and from a character standpoint to make a film complete. Yes, they they work off each other because, you know, Riley's got that dry, sarcastic sense of humor. Like in that in the scene when when Charlotte and Shaw is like prison and he's like Albuquerque. I can do snorkel. It. Yeah, I can do it too. <laughs> just throwing those things out. It's just it just works. It really does. And I know that Emily is going to really appreciate that you uh <laughs> that you would play Riley. I'm sure she would too, to be honest with you. Um so that kind of leads me into my next question. I want to hear some personal favorites of yours. Perhaps you have a favorite scene or even a favorite quote that you could share? I do like the scene where they're in the um, Jefferson Hall at the Library of Congress and Riley's like going, well, I've got this, I've got this. It's not possible. And then, you know, Ben's like the preservation room. And it's just like, what is this room? You know, room for preserves and jams and jellies. And that line is um, funny and um what was it? I think my daughter likes the line. She repeated the line, I think it was, uh, when they, like, about stealing the inde- declaration and uh, she just repeated a line. I think it was that Riley said. And so That um, is – those are some classics for sure. I always love the delicious jams and jellies line personally. Yes. Yes. I, I oh, find that – Jams and jellies. <laughs> they're so good. Have you, have you by any chance been to the Library of Congress and, and gone on a tour there? Um, well, back in 2015, um, I went to a romance conference in New York and we had done New York in 2011. So we did a lot of tours. And so we were talking, we always make it an annual holiday and we decided to do a national treasure tour. So we went to New York, Philly and DC. And so, yes, we went to the Jefferson library and that was just, that was just, that building is so beautiful. It's incredible. Oh, just takes my breath away. Um, and so then we went to the archives and actually seeing, you know, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights and all and all those historical documents. It was, you know, I'm from, you know, a different country and you've heard all about this as growing up and stuff. So actually being able to see it and knowing that, um, my kids have seen it, whereas some of the school peers have never been able to travel and that. So that was really cool to be able to do that. So we went to all the places and, you know, Independence Hall, walking in and seeing the room 
where they signed it and then going, I think, to the museum next door or whatever and seeing the silver pot and pen or quill or whatever it was. So all those sorts of things. It's just truly amazing. Absolutely. And, you know, the the actors themselves have said that being in some of these iconic locations really took their breath away. And it's it's pretty interesting, I think, to hear these famous people say something like that and be like, oh, that's the reaction I had, too. You know, this is just yeah. a universal appreciation for something pretty incredible that not everyone uh, gets to see. But I love that you went on your own National Treasure Tour. I'm sure you've heard Emily and I did the same. We actually went in 2015 as well. So we huh? probably crossed paths. <laughs> we probably did. I mean, because we started in New York. And so the when we went in 2011, we did the Intrepid. So we didn't do the Intrepid again. Um, so we kind of did it backward. Hmm. We kind of started in New York, then Philly, then um, D.C., so we went to Trinity Church, which was really cool. Um, that was the only, yeah, that were the only two locations, I think, in New York, Intrepid and Trinity Church. And so then Philly, obviously, Independence Hall. We went to the market. We found the um, cemetery that Nicolas Cage ran through. Yeah. Uh, Independence Hall, Liberty Bell, saw the Liberty Bell, and then um, in D.C., the Lincoln Memorial. We didn't get to the Jefferson Memorial where they were when um, he was deciding whether he wanted to go to see his dad. Right. <laughs> um, and then in 2016, um, we took a Christmas holiday to Boston and we went to the North Church. And I was like, oh, we finished our tour. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, now you just got to do one for the second film. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. Paris, woohoo, London. Absolutely. Well, so this this National Treasure Tour sounds like it was really incredible. Um, would you say that's a favorite memory of yours associated with the film? Absolutely. Like watching the movie again this afternoon and um, just, you know, just remembering going to all those particular places and feeling, you know, even sort of like Ben Gates says in the movie when they're in the room holding the declaration, it's just like the last time it was here, it was being signed. And so that was sort of like you just get that thrill when you go to those certain places as well. So yeah, definitely, definitely makes the whole watching the movie so much richer because yeah. you can relate to the places that they've been to. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing that. And we do um, have just a couple more questions here. Sure. Um, as you know, Emily and I consider ourselves national treasure experts and we think really hard about different angles to national treasure that, let's be honest, most people will probably never think twice about in their lives. <laughs> and so here we kind of want to turn the tables and ask you to sort of take on that role. So is there maybe a part in either film that feels particularly poignant or significant to you or maybe on the other hand are there any lingering questions you've always had or something that's always bothered you about one of the movies um I think I've just sort of like said but the the same with Nick um with Ben Gates in having the declaration in the room that they signed it you know that's really kind of poignant knowing that that's such a significant history moment in forming America um but there are a couple of things that I noticed today, and it's like um, One Minute Shaw is on The Intrepid, 
and then he's in New Jersey and it's like, how did he get to New Jersey at the before Ben Gates did. I mean, obviously crossing the Hudson, but he's like there, like, welcome to New Jersey. And it's like, but hang on a minute. He was just, did he catch the helicopter? How did he get over there so quickly? That is an excellent point that I've never thought about. (laughs) Yeah. And there was something else we picked up on today. When they were at the, um, going through to the, they cut through to the tomb. So they smashed the tombstone. Ian Howe says, McGregor and Victor, you stay here. Now, one of the guys that was staying, Ben Gates called Phil. Mm-hmm. So McGregor, you would think, would be the Scottish guy because uh-huh. McGregor, yep. but he followed them through the tomb. And so the other guy is obviously the who's chasing Abigail mm-hmm. with Shaw. So, but then you look on IMDb. And Victor is not there and neither is McGregor and list, listed as the characters. And it's like, okay, so who's Victor and McGregor? Because it was Phil that was there. And so in the um, the, the Scottish guy is called Pal, Pal, yes. and the other guy is called Shippen and there's Phil. So there's no Victor or McGregor listed. I have noticed that too. You know what's so I've tried to track the names of the henchmen so many times and I always get confused. And you know, part of it too is hearing I think Ben say their names versus Ian saying their names because there could also be maybe one of them the only way I can rationalize this is maybe one of them is saying a first name and the others calling them by a last name and but you would think that would be reflected on the IMDb page, right? Like Phil so-and-so or so-and-so McGregor, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. But that is the only way I've ever been able to rationalize it. I've got to tell you, it was last year when I realized that Shaw was Shaw and not Sean. Sure. I, okay. I was, it was so funny. I was listen, I was watching it with my boyfriend once last year and he watches everything with subtitles and I hate <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> and so it was the first time I had ever watched the subtitles. I was like, Shaw? What? So that's why I'm like, okay, that must be his last name. I don't know. But that's, a, those are some really great points that. And I that just thought of another one, which relates to the second movie. Okay. It's like. Um, the guy had the letter for like 120 years in the family and then he burns it. Oh, my God. Then he burns it. It's like, why would you do that? And that's one of the things, too. Um, they they sort of make a related point in the second movie where they say, you know, why does this black market antiquities dealer have this and, and bring it forward to a museum when he could have sold it on the black market for millions of dollars? I would I would pose the same question. Why would he he burn it? I've always said the um, the scenes in both films where they they being the, the bad guys destroy ancient artifacts. Just it, it kills me every time. Oh, yeah. Watching them smash that tombstone is Ugh. just like. That's so, like, old or shooting in the, you know, obviously they weren't the real things, but shooting in the cemetery because we, when walking through that cemetery, there's, like, graves or headstones from the 13 colonies because there's, like, 13 stars on them and they're all faded. They're just, like, being sand washed away, eroded away, and so there's no names. They're just blank and it's just, like, they shot them. I know it's not real, but they shot them. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh it's it's painful. 
<laughs> okay, well, those are all, you make such excellent points, and I'm glad we can relate um, yeah. on this, this, the pain of watching them to destroy artifacts the way they do. It's a good thing it's fake. It um, is. But we do want to end our conversation here with our classic speed round. And I'll be giving this speed round to all of our guests for our super fans episode today. So what I'm going to do is um, throw at you five quick questions. And I just love for you to give me your answer. First thing that pops into mind. All right. Okay. Okay. So first favorite national treasure clue. Oh, secret lies with, with Charlotte. Has to be because it's just the full circle. Ugh, I agree. I that- you know, there are, there are no right answers here, but that is the right answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What is the appropriate number of lemons to keep in one's refrigerator? Isn't it nine because that's good feng shui? That's an excellent answer. I'll take your word for it. What is one, <laughs> what is one word you would use to describe Agent Sadusky? Uh, Freemason. Excellent. And what is one location at which you'd like to see National Treasure 3 film? Uh, The petroglyphs in New Mexico and Albuquerque, New Mexico. I think that there could be some really good, you know, they could use some of the petroglyph signs to to lead to something. So I think there's a good possibility there to create something unique. Fantastic. And finally, I've got to ask and you got to pick National Treasure or Book of Secrets? Oh, got to go National Treasure, I think. Original, (laughs) the first. It sounds like you had a tough time answering there. (laughs) I do. I think because National Treasure seems to be on more than The Book of Secrets, but we do have both movies, so. Fair enough. Well, Nicole, we had a lot of fun here with this conversation. Thank you again so much for joining us and for being such an awesome fan of National Treasure and of our podcast. (laughs) I love it. It is so cool to have a podcast about one of my favorite movies. So I'm so thrilled to have been a guest here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It is our pleasure and we will see you on Twitter soon. You will indeed. So it is time to chat with our next guest. Welcome to the National Treasure Hunt podcast. Can you please start by telling us what's your name, where are you from, and what do you do? Um, I'm Aiden. I'm from Canada specifically. I, I used to live in Ontario, but I've recently moved to New Brunswick for school. Uh, I'm currently a student at the University of New Brunswick. I'm trying to get a degree in history at some point. I hope to make it my career. That's amazing. Well, I'm guessing I might know why you like National Treasure based yeah. on that little intro. But, you know, just to to make sure we're all on the same page here, and especially since you're located in Canada, which that's not where National Treasure films at all. What is it that you love about these films? Oh, God, I don't know. I, at the time when I first watched them, when they came out, when I was a little kid, I was really interested in history movies like uh, Night of the Museum came out like around the same time and I, I just I just got obsessed with those kind of movies. That is super fair. I also love Night at the Museum and um, it's interesting you mentioned that because I would place that in a similar genre to National Treasure in that there's a good amount of adventure, there's some intrigue, and there's some bizarre stuff 
happening. <laughs> you mentioned that you first saw these when you were young. And I know we've been chatting a little bit on Twitter and you mentioned that, you know, you were pretty little when these movies came out. So how did you even stumble across National Treasure? Well, okay, so the first movie came out in 2004. I was born in 2001, so I was about three three or two when the first one came out. So I don't really remember that. But uh, when the second one came out in 2007, my dad, who really likes Nicolas Cage for no apparent reason, was like, let's go see this. And he made me watch it. And I was like, well, what happened in the first one? And we found the movie on TV. And that's how I stumbled across him. And I told my dad, these are the best movies I've ever seen. I hope there's more. Oh, don't we all? But, you know, that's really interesting to me. I've got to wonder, since it seems like you've really grown up with these movies, mm-hmm. has your perspective of them or the way that you watch them changed at all from, you know, when you were really little up until now? I don't really think so. Uh, I mean, I think maybe I've learned to appreciate American history a little bit more from watching them now as I've grown up. The whole reason I like started to watch them. I wasn't really that interested in American history, but these movies have definitely made me appreciate it and think it's like really cool. <laughs> That's really awesome to hear. And, you know, I got to tell you, having interviewed the creator of the movies, he would be absolutely thrilled to hear that. Um, <laughs> so you've had a lot of time with these movies throughout your life, but I'm wondering if you've given any thought to the characters and if you could play the role of any character in the films, who you might pick and why. Oh, Abigail Chase, definitely. She She's literally everything I've ever wanted to be when I grew up. She's a career woman. She does the job that I probably like to do, working with archival staff uh, in museums. And she manages to keep up with someone like Ben Gates, who seems to know everything at any time, no matter what you ask him. <laughs> yeah, she definitely gives him a run for his money. Emily and I both love Abigail as well. She's just such a strong female character um, without, you know, sometimes I feel like movies can portray strong female female characters in almost um, a problematic way where they're mm-hmm. almost off-putting, but she's not. And I feel like that's a big strength <laughs> of this movie. Absolutely. Um, So speaking of your interest in history, I'm just wondering, do you think your, you know, passion for history and now studying it, etc., would you say any of that comes from liking these movies when you were young? Oh, yeah, definitely. Movies like Night of the Museum and National Treasure is definitely what got me started in liking history and researching it. It's definitely a big reason why I want to be a historian. That is so cool. The Indiana Jones movies, maybe that, maybe I just wanted to be Indiana Jones. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone wants a little adventure in their life, right? <laughs> um, okay, so we just talked about how much you love Abigail. I have a couple other personal favorite questions to ask you. So first and foremost, do you have a favorite scene in either of these movies? <laughs> I there's this part in the second movie where they come out of the university after talking to Ben's mom and Nick Cage just screams at John Floyd when he asks a question and it just gets me every time yeah you, I believe it is you might uh, have a tendency to overreact <laughs> it's a that's a very what I call a Nick Cage moment uh, <laughs> That's a good one. Um, Do you have any additional favorite quotes? I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. 
you really can't go wrong with that. I know Emily and I have joked for a long time, um, you know, just in text message conversations, we'll text that to each other and be like, I feel like that's not something we should be typing or sending. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's so great. And do you have any favorite memories associated with the films? I, I know you said you grew up with them, so maybe that qualifies, but is there anything else that comes to mind? I just really enjoyed watching them with my dad because he, like, really likes Nick Cage for no apparent reason. <laughs> That's the only thing that let me watch them. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. We don't judge Nick Cage fans around here. I mean, <laughs> I've said it before. National Treasure was my first introduction to Nick Cage, and so Maybe. I left those movies thinking he was a phenomenal actor. <laughs> you know? So no judgment for your dad. Actually, we should be thanking him for introducing yeah. you to the movies if we're being honest but okay so at this point as you may know Emily and I really enjoy picking these niche areas of national treasure to go really hardcore in depth into and the more we create this podcast and the more we watch the films we find ourselves ourselves you know noticing things or thinking about things in ways we never have before. So I kind of want to turn the tables here and ask you to do something similar. I'm wondering, since you love these films so much, if there's a part in either film that either feels particularly significant to you or if there are any lingering questions that you've always had after watching the movies. Oh, page 47. (laughs) I've been mad about that since I was six years old. Wow, that's a long time. (laughs) Okay, well then, let me ask you this. If you've spent a lot of time thinking about page 47, do you have any wild hopes and dreams for what might be on page 47? I don't know. Well, the president in the movie mentioned that he really liked Lincoln. I wonder if it's something about Lincoln. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) That could certainly that could certainly be it. I mean, I'm sure our our character Riley would have no shortage of guesses, but you know, the fact that the whole second movie really revolved around Lincoln and his story, I wouldn't be surprised at all. That's a really interesting guess. Okay. So, as we wrap up this mini interview here, I want to go with our classic speed round, and I'm really excited to hear your answers. So, what I'm going to do is give you five, you know, quick questions, and I just want the first answer that pops into your head. Are you ready? All right. Okay. Favorite national treasure clue? Oh, definitely the map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. It is so smart. As a historian uh, t- in training, I'm sure you have a great amount of appreciation for that. <laughs> okay, next. What is the appropriate number of lemons to keep in your refrigerator? <laughs> uh, I got to go with eight. Eight lemons is the perfect even number to keep in your fridge. <laughs> and ju- just enough to both put in your iced tea and to expose a hidden cipher. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is one word you would use to describe Agent Sadusky? fair enough and one location at which you'd like to see national treasure three film oh okay so this is kind of like it's i'm kind of deferring off the answer when i was 13 i wrote a script for national treasure three because i'm a writer as well i really like to write things and i wrote a whole story uh where it was like a blackbeard storyline that eventually leads to oak island which is here in canada because oak island has a reputation for having a whole bunch of hidden treasures on it and i thought why not add 
Blackbeard because that would be the American connection because he sailed out of South Carolina in his time. So I thought that would be cool. <laughs> oh my gosh, Aiden, you've just launched many more questions in my head. You wrote a, a storyline for National Treasure 3? Yeah, when I was 13. I don't have it anymore because my mom's computer crashed, but I bet I could write it again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Even if you had like the clues that you wrote or just like an outline or anything like that, we would love to share that with the National Treasure community with credit, of course, on online. I am sure it is in a notebook I have somewhere here. I My room is a mess after moving, so I'm going to have to find it. It might be here. <laughs> well, you'll, you know where to find us if you find it. So, um, so my last, my last speed round question for you is the question that I, I'm going to force you to answer. You got to pick national treasure or book of secrets. Oh, no. Uh, I'm going to have to go with national treasure. I know it's a little basic, but it's the first one. It's a classic. I'm never going to get sick of it. That is <laughs> absolutely fair. We completely agree with you. Well, Aiden, We've really enjoyed chatting with you and learning about your history with National Treasure. We wish you the best of luck in your own history pursuits and definitely keep us posted with how that goes. Thank you so much. I've had a very fun time being on here today. Awesome. Welcome to the show. Can you tell us what is your name and where are you from? Um, my name is Emilia and I'm from Ontario, Canada. Awesome. Wow. Canada. Not a place that I would typically think of National Treasure. What got you into the movies? I don't know. I just like the whole, like, treasure hunt thing, I guess, so. That's super fair. I mean, it is an excellent set of treasure hunting movies. Would, beyond the treasure hunt, is there anything in particular you love about these films, whether it be the characters or the locations or the stories? Well, I like how they go to, like, different places look like looking for clues. That's, that's really exciting. I also love that about, <laughs> about these movies. Um, I've definitely gone to certain locations in the world just because they do. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, are there any locations that they filmed at that, you know, have been your favorite to see on screen? I like the Library of Congress. That is a very good answer. That building is incredible. Have you been by any chance? No. You should make it a make it a goal at some point to get to get there because mm -hmm. it's pretty incredible. Although I will say the movie does a good job of showcasing it. Mm -hmm. Well, enough about locations. I wonder. This is kind of a fun question, Amelia. If you could play the role of any character in National Treasure, either film, major character, minor character, whatever you want, who would you pick and why? Okay. Well, I pick the um the lady in the ghost shop in the first movie that is a good one and no one's told us that yet okay yeah. why why the lady from the gift shop well i don't know i like gift shops so <laughs> like you know <laughs> so that's fair enough and she does play a major role in starting the whole film right because mm -hmm. if he walked out of there with the declaration and no one had noticed i mean she's kind of the reason we have the movie if you ask me yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay, well, that I'll take that to be one of your favorite characters. Do you have any other favorites from these movies, like a favorite scene or a favorite quote? I like when they use the glasses in the first movie. Oh, wait, which time, though? Um, In Independence Hall. That's a good one. That's a pretty that's a pretty good scene and another good place to visit Independence Hall. My goodness. Um, do you have any memories associated with these movies that you'd want to share with us and our listeners? Well, I did go see the second movie at the movie theater. Awesome. I did, too. I did too. I remember it was.
Christmas. Yeah, I still have my movie ticket from it. Really? Oh, that's so cool. Oh, my God. You should totally send us a picture. We'll post it online. <laughs> um, okay, so those are our, our sort of fun questions to get into the conversation here. But we're going to go just a little bit deeper because, as you know, Amelia, Emily and I love to think about National Treasure from every perspective that I feel like normal fans would never think about. We go way too deep. All right. So we're going to turn the tables here and let you take on that role. We want to ask you if there is a part in either film um, that feels particularly significant to you or if there are any lingering questions you've had, something that's bothered you after watching either of these films. Play movie critic for us for a second. Let it, tell us what you think. Um, well, you know, everybody knows about the page 47. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I got to ask, have you done any thinking yourself about what you think might be on page 47? Um, not yet. No? Okay. Well, then you'll be, I'm sure, excited with whatever ends up being on that page, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> And you must be excited for the third film that's hopefully coming our way. Yeah, so I'm very excited. Awesome. Okay, so Amelia, we've approached our speed rounds. What I'm going to do is give you a couple of really quick questions, and I kind of just want to hear the first thing that pops into your mind to finish off this little interview, okay? Number one, what is your favorite national treasure clue? Um, I would say the $100 bill in the first movie. Good answer. What is the appropriate number of lemons to keep in your refrigerator? Um, I would say about three. Three. Okay. Fair enough. What's one word you would use to describe Agent Sadusky? Um, irritating. <laughs> oh, you agree with me. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> But he's just like one of those characters who's just like, oh, he's just there. Yeah, you could totally do without him, right? Yeah. What is one location at which you would like to see National Treasure 3 film? Um, I would say Amsterdam because I really like the museum district there. And like, it'd be cool if they like had a clue in one of the museums there. Awesome. That's a good answer. And finally, I'm going to ask the hard question. If you had to pick National Treasure or Book of Secrets. I like how they have like other cities in the second one so fair enough we went we went international in movie two who knows what's gonna happen in movie three but we just have that to look forward to i guess <laughs> all right well thank you so much amelia for taking some time today to chat with us this has been really fun we look forward to seeing you on twitter again soon We have our next guest ready and waiting to join us. So hello and welcome to National Treasure Hunt. Please tell us what is your name, where are you from, and what do you do? Thank you. Um, my name is Isaiah. I'm from Bloomington, Indiana, in the southern part of the state. And uh, I'm a store manager over a pawn shop. Very interesting. A pawn shop. That makes me think all sorts of things, National Treasure. I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Haven't got anything National Treasure-wise yet, other than the movies. <laughs> gotcha. Well, so that that leads me into my first question, really. So what is it that you love about the National Treasure films? Um, I, I really like the history. I'm, I'm really big on history. Uh, I love learning about it. I randomly read about it and collect books and different things. Um, and then, like, the, the camaraderie part where it's not just the main character he needs all the other people whether it's riley or or abigail or his dad it's not just set on one person being the hero of the story they all have to work together somehow that's a really great point how they really do work as a team um but before we're going to go into more on the characters in just a minute you say you're 
somewhat of a history buff. Um, I'm wondering, is there a particular um, uh, era in history or something that happened in history that you personally really enjoy learning about? In, in, in middle school, I was really big on like World War II. We had a whole like semester about it and it was definitely wasn't a great thing, but I did like learning about, you know, how how everything happened and, you know, obviously we know the outcome of it, but just learning what led to certain things. And if, if things didn't go this way, what could have happened? And then uh, September 11th, because I was in fifth grade when that happened. So it was, I still remember it and learning about that and certain areas of like uh, the old cowboys um, and then the... Uh, gangster era like John Dillinger and Al Capone stuff like that very interesting and lots of different stuff that I don't know maybe we could see it in a future national treasure movie I'm just saying (laughs) Um, okay so let's go back to this um, this teamwork aspect with the characters that you pointed out I'm wondering if you have um, a favorite character or even if you could play the role of any character whether major or minor in the films who you might pick and why I mean I, I ideally I'd like to be Ben Gates because I mean who does want to be the main character but um, I thought I've been thinking about it I would I'd probably be Riley just because I really like, really like Nick Cage and I think it'd be awesome to to work with him just hang around with him nice um okay so we've we've just ventured into this space of favorites so favorite character I'm gonna ask you for a few more favorites Isaiah um the first one is if you have a favorite scene in either of the National Treasure films I always like the Library of Congress when you have to go in looking for the the book um it's just something about that scene trying to get in there and then get out of there and them finding the book and then you know finding out that uh, Agent Sadusky knows way more than what he's letting on Oh, Agent Sadusky is just the worst. Yeah, I have strong feelings about Agent Sadusky being the worst. Actually, though, interestingly enough, have you seen, they have a lot of deleted scenes associated with that Library of Congress scene. I actually haven't seen those. Usually I'm big on, like, the extra stuff. I just, yeah. I just, I get so, like, pumped watching those, and then I'll talk to whoever I'm watching them with. We'll talk for an hour or so about it, and then I never think to go back and watch those. Yeah, you should definitely check it out. There's some interesting stuff um, that I think you you would enjoy. You know, it's funny you point out the Library of Congress, too, because I think that's the one of the few locations and a very central plot point location that shows up in both films. And I love mm-hmm. that. Okay, so we've talked scene. How about quotes? There's a lot of memorable quotes in these movies, and I wonder if you have a favorite one of those. Uh, my favorite ones, it's always in the very beginning of the first National Treasure. Uh after they get the first clue and then one of Ian's henchmen says something, uh, but it's Riley's response when he just says Albuquerque. Like I laugh every time, even talking about, it, I'll start laughing about it. I'll, I'll say it randomly at work. Someone will say something and I'll just yell out Albuquerque. Nobody knows what I mean, but I do. So that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> and you know what? If they don't know what you're talking about, clearly they're just not in on the pure joy that is this film. I've just got to say. Um, okay, well, how about any any favorite memories associated with these films? It sounds like they've been a part of your life for a long time. Just watching them. Usually I'll find somebody in my family or friend who hasn't watched them. And I was like, well, we're going to watch both of them right now. 
And then, like, we'll, like, order a pizza. Like, you can't just watch one. You got to watch both or you're missing out. You have to you have to do it. I completely agree. And, you know, when they air them on TV back to back with when they put the commercials in, you could literally spend the vast majority of your day watching mm. National Treasure. It's kind of amazing. Um, it, it's uh, one of the few movies that I can like when it's on TV, you can turn on no matter where it's at in the movie, you can turn it on and just keep watching it. There's probably two other movies I can do that with, and that's one of them that if I'll scroll through, if I see it, I'm watching it. I don't care what else is on. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Out of curiosity, what are the other movies that come to mind that you can do that with? Um, the Replacements with Keanu Reeves. Uh, that one, I just I love watching that one. And then uh, Moneyball with Brad Pitt, because I, I recently watched that because I was never on TV, but that's one of my like all-time favorite movies but i'm a huge sports fan too so anything sports is good to watch that's super cool you're, you're picking out some movies here that have some pretty big names and you've mentioned you know liking nick cage in this role are you a nick cage fan beyond national treasure yeah um usually i like about anything he's in there's some that are quite questionable like <laughs> i love con air but his accent in that just it, it it kills me sometimes. It's it's a little over the top for me, but I think one of my favorite movies he does besides these is uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. That one I really like, and I wish they would do. Wish they did more of them. No, that that's awesome, and it's it's funny. I feel like he has a lot of movies that could become, you know, a sequel on sequel on sequel. And mm-hmm. people, people, you know, people love to hate Nick Cage, but I think they secretly love him. So let's put it this way. If they make a Nick Cage movie, even if it's his questionable reputation that's getting them there, people are in those seats watching that movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I always felt like, like Nick Cage was how people look at like Nickelback. How everyone's like, you can't listen to Nickelback, but they do. There's no way they sold out you know, millions of copies and stadiums without people liking them. Totally. No, that's a great point. And the fact that, I don't know, anyone around the world, I feel like you say, name a Nickelback song and someone can name one. Mm-hmm. It's like the same sort of thing, like love to hate, but let's give them some credit where credit is due. You mm-hmm. know, they're an earworm in your head. Nick Cage <laughs> is in every gif on your social media feed. Mm-hmm. I, we're on the same page here. Um, But, okay, so moving right along, you probably know that Emily and I really get a kick out of um, watching these movies and pulling out little pieces and going really in-depth and thinking about them probably harder than most people in the world will ever think about a film. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of want to turn the tables and let you play that role here. I'm wondering if there are any scenes in the movie either of the movies that feel either particularly significant to you or after watching them multiple times if there's one uh one part that you're just like i still don't get that i have i have questions so yeah what are your thoughts i i I think i could go with the obvious like page 47 like what's what is that i need i i I love cliffhangers i mean i like all the TV shows I've watched, they all the cliffhangers are always set up perfectly when they're answered. And this is one that's not answered and it it's been bothering me for a very long time. That is that's really fair. Um 
it sounds like you've had a lot of time to be thinking about this. I've got to ask, do you have any theories? What's on page 47? There was one I started thinking of earlier today. Um, I think back in the 80s or 90s, uh, um, there was this guy who did a big thing on Al Capone's vault, said it had a bunch of bunch of like gold in it or money or something. And then they opened it and there was nothing in there. Hmm. And it was like all on live TV. I, think it, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was like this big thing. And then he ended up looking not so smart about it. But I was like, that would fit in perfectly with a national treasure thing. Like, it's not here. Where's it at? Absolutely. And it's an interesting way of getting in some more, I don't know if modern history is the right word, but we're not talking revolutionary warrior here. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Um, I feel like one of the things about page 47 that has kind of blown my mind um, that I learned from making this podcast is that when they made the second film, they wrote it without really having any idea themselves what was on page 47. I don't think they were banking on having a third movie. They set it up really well, I think, before these massive trilogies were really popular and much of a thing. But it just kind of blows my mind. It's like, you really thought the people were going to go see this and then not wonder, especially when mm -hmm. it's like the last line of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it just, it never made sense. I was like, you guys can't end on this. And I like going back thinking about what it could be. I was like, like, obviously you would want it to be like something about JFK, but they mentioned that or where I guess Riley mentioned that or the moon landing. So I was like, well, it's not those. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be something in between. So I was like, I just, it doesn't, I would hope they would answer it because if they make this new one and don't answer that, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. That's, I think, a really fair point. <laughs> but you know, you've done something here, um, which is very National Treasure Hunt-esque, which is think about all of the points that Riley has already mentioned or like when they were flipping through the book in the library and he's like pointing out things. Um, so we definitely have, you're right, a good idea of things that it can't be. I think a lot of people want it to be Area 51, but he mentioned Area 51 mm -hmm. and it's so, you know, it's not, it's not that. Um, which I'm personally fine with because I don't want this to become like an alien movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like the Area 51 thing's been a little played out. It's in all the movies. I always wondered if something was there. They say there's not, but who knows? But I just feel like there's so many movies about it. You kind of yeah get something new. No, that's that's perfectly that's perfectly fair. Um, we'll leave it to the pros, I guess, to figure it out. But you got some good suggestions in there. I like them. Um, okay, so Isaiah, to wrap this up, we're gonna close this out with our fun speed round. And so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna pitch five short questions to you, and I kind of just want to know first thing that comes to your mind what your answer is. Does that sound all right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So first, what is your favorite national treasure clue? Uh, the plank in the Queen's Resolute desk. Good one. All right. Um, what is the appropriate number of lemons to keep in your refrigerator? Six. Got it. And what is one word you would use to describe Agent Sadusky? Deceitful. Oh, I like that. That's a good answer. <laughs> what is one location at which you would like to see National Treasure 3 film? Uh, there's a cemetery in Indianapolis, Crown Hill Cemetery. Uh, John Dillinger is buried there. So I was thinking if it went the Al Capone way and they had him tied into Dillinger or Bonnie and Clyde, he it could have something to do with up there. It's a really huge cemetery up there. 
That is super cool. And I'm going to ask you the last one. I mm -hmm. hate to do it, but I'm going to force you to pick National Treasure or Book of Secrets. I think I have to go with Book of Secrets, but only because I like Helen Mirren and I feel like adding his mom into it kind of gave him a little, little more background. And then with him not being with Abigail in the beginning, it wasn't like they were happily ever after. They had to work on it again. That's a, that's a, that's a good, I think, way of putting it for sure. And, you know, I got to say the, the Patrick Gates character has never been my favorite, but having him interact with a counterpart in Helen Mirren, I think did a lot for that character. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Isaiah, and for being such an awesome fan. We look forward to seeing you on Twitter again soon. All right. Yes. Thank you for having me. So we have our next super fan waiting in the wings. Let's bring her on. All right, National Treasure Hunter, please tell us what is your name, where are you from, and what do you do? I'm Katie, and I'm from Merseyside in the UK. I'm a barmaid and a content writer, and I also run a lifestyle and travel blog. Very cool. Oh, my gosh. Lifestyle and travel and content creator. I feel like we're speaking the same language to some extent here, right? <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing. And you you mentioned you are located in the UK. Um, we don't often think of folks outside of the United States being huge National Treasure fans. So that's really fun for us. Tell us what you love about the National Treasure films, Katie. I think for me, I love history. So the history side of like the treasure and the conspiracy and everything is just something I find really fascinating. And I like that there's there's a lot of adventure, but it's not too heavy going like an action film because I don't really like big action films with a lot of violence or anything. I like that there's an action and adventure, but in like a calm way, <laughs> almost. Yeah, no, I can really relate to that. I'm not a big action movie fan either. So thinking of National Treasure as action adventure makes me like the genre a little bit more personally. And you also get a good mix of comedy, which is not always easy to get when you have your big action flicks. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of comedy, you know, the, the characters and the actors play a big role in in making that comedy happen and making the action and adventure happen as well so I wonder if you could play the role of any character whether that be a main character or someone really small in either of the National Treasure films who would you pick and why? I think mine would be um I shouldn't have like a character name but the butcher lady from the first film and think it's Sharon Wilkins that plays her I love her. Like, her bit of the film is just so funny and so clever. And even though it's such a small plot point, I think it is also quite a big moment in terms of the comedy of the film. Yeah, it's really memorable. I'm so glad you mentioned that. It tends to be one of people's favorite scenes, I think. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a good moment for the character of Abigail to get some comedy in there because she doesn't really have a lot of comedy in the film. Yeah, definitely. Do you, I got to ask, um, beyond the butcher in the first film, do you have any other favorite characters that come to mind from the movie? Just maybe not someone you'd want to play, but someone you like watching? Well, Riley is just my favorite in both films. I love him. Um, well, I love Ian. I love Shaw. I think Shaw is a really good character because he's kind of, oh, he's so funny and just has so much 
like little bits that make the whole film. That's awesome. You must have been pretty sad when Shaw ended up dying. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that bit always gets me. Well, I guess it's also um, a bit of a respite for for Ian, for Sean Bean. Sean Bean doesn't die, but his henchman does. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, well, we've already sort of gotten into some of the personal favorites that you have here. We're going to go one step further. Besides the butcher scene, are there any other scenes that come to mind as a particular favorite of yours? The scene that always gets me is right at the end when um, when it's Abigail says, like, Riley, are you crying? And then he's like, look, stairs. That bit just gets me every time. And it's just so, like, beautiful and just wraps it all up so nicely. So that is a definite favourite for me in the first film. That's, that is such a good point. It's also, you know... Emily and I like to think a lot about these films really in depth, as I'm sure you know at this point. And I think that film is not only funny and it's this massive moment, right? They've just found the treasure that they've been searching for, but it's also a really great um, demonstration or expose of the characters themselves. You know, Abigail's the strong, very, um, I don't want to say sarcastic one, but she's the straightforward one. Yeah. And and Riley's like the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, they are polar opposites. Absolutely. So interestingly enough, um, we haven't talked at all in this conversation yet about Nick Cage and and no. our our head character. I wonder if you have any thoughts on the role that he plays in uh in Ben Gates. I think well, for me, because I'm not a massive film lover per se, I just love National Treasure. And my friends always laugh at me and they're always like, oh, you know, Nicolas Cage, like he's a really rubbish actor. And I think it's like a running joke that he's not very good. I think I've, I've been kind of like conditioned to not have him as a favourite, but I do have a soft spot for him. And um, I love <laughs> the character he plays, but I think I prefer him in the second film um, to the first one. I think he really comes into his own in the second one. That's a really interesting thought. Is there any is there any particular reason or even a scene or anything in the second film that really makes you feel that way? Um, the bit in Buckingham Palace where he's like sliding down the staircase and does the British accent is just like one of my favourite moments in any film ever. It's just so funny. I think being British as well, you can I have that kind of extra like way to relate to that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that's definitely a bit that makes me just say, yeah, you've, you've got it in this film. That's amazing. It's also a very, from what I understand, the most Nick Cage that he is in, in these yeah. films, right? The eccentric screaming, he screams haggis, right? Yeah. Like, so <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, so I guess we've talked a bit about scenes. We've talked a little bit about quotes. If there are any other quotes that come to mind as favorites for you, feel free to feel free to chime in with those, but also, you know, are there any memories that you have associated with these films, either watching them or, you know, I don't know, going to places where they filmed or anything like that? Well, when I was younger and I, I don't know how old I would have been about nine or 10. And I used to stay at my auntie's house every weekend or most weekends and then on the Sunday um, my auntie and uncle and my brother would go scuba diving in this like open water like 
freshwater place where you could scuba dive, but I wasn't old enough to dive. So I used to take our little portable DVD player and just watch National Treasure every weekend while they were scuba diving. So that is like a big memory for me that I associate with with the films. And then um, also more recently during lockdown, um, or the kind of lockdown that we had over here, um, spent a lot of time not doing anything and I watched National <laughs> Treasure a fair few times so recently that's been a bit because it's been for me it's kind of like um, a comfort blanket because I know the film Inside Out and I've watched it so many times so it has been a comfort blanket over this strange year that we've been having. Absolutely I'm really glad you mentioned that too it is it's definitely one of those movies I've always felt even you know, this comes coming out of my mouth as a huge fan. It maybe doesn't mean much, but I do genuinely feel like this is one of those movies that it's very feel good. Um, anytime it's on TV and you just happen to come across it at whatever point in the film it is, it could be 30 minutes in, it could be an hour and a half in, you can pick up and watch it and, and have a few laughs, know what's going on. Um, so I, I think you're, you're totally spot on there. And it sounds like you've watched the movie so much that maybe you've done some deeper thinking about it, just like Emily and I do on this show every other week. Um, are there any parts of either the first or the second film that after watching it so many times, they either feel really significant to you or maybe you've thought about it so much that you're like, that scene doesn't make sense. You know, that what 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 is this? In terms of poignant moments, the one for me is um, when the pipe from the Charlotte is like the key to the treasure room. Like I always just think, I always get like a little ooh moment when um, – when I see that bit, no matter how many times I've seen it. Um, it doesn't like questions. I don't think so. That's awesome. I mean, that's, that's totally makes sense because also one of the things I think that happens when you watch a movie like this so many times is even if there were questions, the next time you watch it, you kind of just go watch and figure out the answer. Right. Yeah, you in your own head anyway. Absolutely. But I, I really love that you mentioned the, the fact that the secret lies with Charlotte is so circular, really. That's something that I've grown to really appreciate as well. It's one of those artistic elements, I think, that often gets overlooked in a fun family movie like this, yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, there doesn't have to be anything stylish or artsy about this. But if you actually go and think about it, it's beautiful. Yeah, right? it's actually so clever and it just draws the whole thing together and you're just like, yeah. From start to finish, it all slots in really nicely. And I do appreciate that in a film. Absolutely. It's it's funny, too. You know, now that you mention it, I'm trying to think if there's a similar motif or object in the second film. And it's definitely not as crisp. No, definitely not. You know, you can you could make an argument that it was, in a weird way, Riley's book. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not as poignant, right, because it's not historical. But for, for the Riley fans out there, you got to love it. Of course, yeah. Him having his book, that was so lovely. And getting his car back. I love that moment. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's a nice car. It is. a very nice car. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to wrap this up with our classic speed round. So what I'm going to do is give you a couple of quick questions. And I just want to hear first thing that pops into your head. So are you ready? Favorite national treasure clue? The bifocal glasses. Amazing. 
What is the appropriate number of lemons to keep in your refrigerator? A lot of lemons, but not in the fridge. I would not put them in the fridge. Fair enough. What is one word you would use to describe Agent Sadusky? What? <laughs> Sorry, that's so funny. <laughs> um, what is one location at which you would like to see National Treasure 3 film? Uh, Vatican City. Ooh, that's a good one. The last one, I have to ask it. You have to pick National Treasure or Book of Secrets. National Treasure. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for, for joining us and sharing your perspective of why National Treasure is such an amazing film. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been amazing. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you online soon. Thank you. And we have another super fan to chat with here today. Welcome to the National Treasure Hunt podcast. So let's get started with what is your name, where are you from, and what do you do? My name is Matt, and I am a library director at a small regional library system in Mississippi. Wow, library already have National Treasure connections here. That's amazing. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've, I've got to ask, with a connection like that, did National Treasure inspire you at all in your life? Oh, oh of course. Um, one of the, um, my, my first memory of National Treasure is actually going to see the movie and seeing all those historical landmarks. And a few years later, I went to Washington, D.C. for my senior trip in high school. And of course, one of the things we did was uh, go to the Library of Congress. <laughs> and so I uh, actually went there, not just a touristy part, I went in there, got a car. And, and the whole time I was thinking like, like, Nicholas Cage was here, you know, these guys were here filming, you know, I thought it was just the coolest thing in the world, thought I was going to find something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know so, so some hidden treasure there in the library, you know. <laughs> that is, that's so amazing, and the Library of Congress, that is a really special place, like, it is incredible, which I'm sure, as someone who, you know, works in libraries yourself, you probably have a great appreciation for that, um, but, okay, so, I might already know the answer to this question okay. based on what you just said, but you know, as a whole, why do you love the national treasure films? Well, like I said, um, you know, it's kind of a, um, I just love all of the history behind it. The historical land. I've always liked that kind of thing, you know, the history and, you know, the books and the puzzles, you know, y'all did a, um, an episode about, um, the Dan Brown series or the, 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 uh, the Da Vinci code and anything like that. I, I just, um, have always loved just trying to figure out. So even if it's kind of, you know, just fun stuff like this and it's just, just seeing all that kind of come to life. You know, you can read about it in, in the textbooks and the history books at school, but actually seeing it come to life on the big screen. And then for me, actually seeing it in person, you know, it is really just, uh, it's just a very important part of kind of my, my memories, especially growing up as a teenager. Uh, oh. I can't tell I'm very much a nerd and, and love all this. <laughs> I love all this, this sort of thing. So. Hey, we can totally relate. You're speaking to the same people here for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so with that in mind, I wonder if you've ever thought about how cool it would be to play the role of one of the characters in National Treasure, whether that be one of the main characters or a minor character. You know, who would you pick to play and why? Well, I mean, the obvious one, obviously, is uh, Ben Gates. I mean, he's a guy, he's figuring out all the clues. Um, he actually finds the treasure. Um, he becomes this kind of this from this family who's just kind of a bunch of these crackpot treasure hunters that no one respects to like you see in the next movie. 
<laughs> he's he's giving lectures, to, you know, and he's getting rounds of uh, applause. Uh, so just being going from that, just nobody to somebody is uh, would be just really cool, I think. That is an awesome story arc. Um, and he has so many great scenes with all of his his um, supporting characters as well, of course. Um, speaking of scenes, do you have a favorite in either film? Them actually stealing the Declaration of Independence. Just from when they, you know, they get all the, uh, the, the computers and getting there and breaking in. And you have kind of, it goes back and forth between, um, you know, Sean and then, then those guys. And all the little things they do to break in, you know, the thumbprint. And the uh, finally out the passcode, and <laughs> the I think the funniest thing is okay they actually steal the Declaration of Independence. He's out there in the hallway, you know, uh, the henchman there. They see him. He's got it. He holds up the Declaration of Independence. They have no idea if this thing is bulletproof or not, and they just start putting bullets in it. They're trying to figure find out where the treasure is too, and they're about to put holes in it. They have no idea. Oh. I'm just, every time I watch I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like, why would you shoot at something like that? Well, I think, you know, that's a really interesting point that I've never thought in depth about. But it really does a really good job of showing the juxtaposition between the Ben side of things and the Ian side of things, right? I mean, we've talked on our show multiple times at this point about how they couldn't be more opposite in terms of their motivations, how they go about things. You just pointed out the really cool, you know, scene sequence where we see the the clever way that Ben and Riley are going to go about this versus the brute force method, right, of Ian and his crew. So that's a really good point. You know, that's just showing Ian has no idea really what he's doing here. I will say he at least does something in the Book of Secrets. Uh, Ed Harris' character just literally does nothing except, you know, listen on his phone calls. Just does nothing. Then wants credit for it at the end. And they're all like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That drives me nuts. I'm so glad you mentioned that. That burn stuff and throw it away. I mean, it's like, come on, man. He does literally nothing. You know, it's something that I've thought a lot about is um, Ed Harris's character, Mitch. In the yeah. end, he does get some credit for the discovery. You know, it's true. It's not right. It's yeah, true, exactly. right? And do you think that's because his family has had that Booth Diary page for forever? Or why do you think they give him credit there? I just think that, uh, you know, being, he knows what it's like, you know, just to be the outcast in this kind of community. And so, so he's actually there, you know, and he does in the end sort of save them, you know, it's kind of an accident, you know, but he does in a way helps them find the treasure. Doesn't do, you know, the, the heavy lifting there, but I just think he knows that, you know, how important it is to have, um, you know, wanting his family's name cleared and have some, some notoriety. So I think, you know, he was just, he was being a good guy, you know. That's a good point. There is definitely a parallel there that I hadn't thought about before. Their motivations are actually kind of similar, as opposed to the Ian character, where the motivations couldn't be further from different. <laughs> yeah. I just want all this money. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay, so there we've talked now favorite scene. Um, Emily would kill me if I didn't ask you if you have a favorite quote from the franchise. Favorite quote? Uh, there, there's so many, you know. I, of course, the classic one is, you know, when uh, he and... And Ben, I mean, uh, and Riley are talking about, uh, you know, um, what the, you know, the declaration is, what it means, what it stands for. You know, that's that's the classic. But um, I will say, 
and it's, it's I think it's kind of an underlooked um just one of the characters he's just kind of underappreciated I think it's the security guard in charge of the uh you know in charge of security there at the Declaration of Independence the Declaration and and he realizes what's happened and he says red alert red alert you know and um you know lock down all the buildings this guy is taking his job very seriously he realizes in 200 years this has never been stolen then it gets stolen on his watch you know. <laughs> Uh-huh. So um, you know, so he's taking it very seriously, you know, he's telling you no know, lock everything down, no one's leaving in or out. <laughs> so I always like that's part of the, that whole, you know, that theft scene uh yes. that, that I like so much. And so I just think, you know, that he takes his job very seriously and um I, I just I just really love that. So <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. That that is a I think an underappreciated scene, but it does it shows the magnitude of what they were just able to yeah. pull off, mm-hmm. right? Which I think is easy to miss when you realize, oh, this is a fun Disney film, and here's Nick Cage and <laughs> la di da. <laughs> but okay, so so we've we've gotten our our fun questions out of the way, and honestly, we've started moving into what I'm going to ask next, since we've we've started analyzing parallels and contrasting points between our villains and our main character. Which who knew we would get there already? But as I'm sure you know, Emily and I have a lot of fun going really into detail and thinking really hard about pieces of this movie that I'm sure even the creators haven't thought so deeply about. And so I want to give you an opportunity to do the same here today. So I'm wondering, you know, having watched these movies, if there's a part in either film that feels particularly poignant or significant to you, or even on the other hand, is there anything that is you know, has always bothered you or lingering questions that you have about anything in the films? <laughs> I think the most, um, one of the most poignant uh, parts of the the series is we have, you know, Patrick, uh, you know, um, the J- John Boyd character, Patrick mm-hmm. Henry Gates. You know, you meet him, he thinks, you know, his father was crazy and then, you know, and then Ben's grandfather's getting him all wrapped up into this, doesn't want it. You know, what's the, the quote he says? You know, I have a, a house, a mortgage, you know, you know, health insurance or whatever. He has all this stuff, you know, he just, just against everything. He just thinks it's all just, you know, you know, he says, and it leads to another clue and another clue and another clue. And then kind of there at the end, I'm all about the story arcs, as you might can tell. But there at the end, he actually sees, okay, like they're onto something. Like here, the treasure was here. Mm-hmm. Um, like even the even at the time they're like oh it's gone but like this proves it it was here I was wrong you know all these years that you know I didn't talk to you or you know and uh, I was proven wrong and it kind of did that just that whole forgiveness and, and Ben and Patrick you know coming back together I thought that was uh, uh really neat that's awesome yeah um and it really sets up the second movie as well it allows Patrick to be not just a bystander like he kind of was in the first movie but an active part of the hunt the whole time and can I say in uh the first movie you're led to believe his mother is dead right however long yes and in the second one nope she's just over here teaching somewhere just didn't want anything to do with her (laughs) oh my gosh that is a it's so true all this time (laughs) She was here all along. You know what's funny? And and we, we should probably ask uh, the creator this, uh, Charles Seegers. I kind of wonder if in the when they were making the first movie and they really didn't know they were going to have a second one, when they wrote that, maybe they 
they did mean to imply that she had passed away, but when they had the opportunity to cast the Helen Mirren in the role when they had movie number two and they had already been so successful so they could get that caliber of actress, they're like, oh, no, she's just over here at a university. It's all good. Yeah, I'm sure, like, in the real world, you know, that's what it was. But just in-universe, I just think it's so funny that, yeah, oh, yeah, you just we're just going to let you know she's dead. If you want. And then, nope, nope, <laughs> she, she's here. Just don't want anything to do with her. <laughs> Nothing. No, I mean, and that's actually, it's funny because if you want to get, like, take a critical eye to this, the relationship between Ben and his dad in the first movie is sort of paralleled then in the second movie, but mm-hmm. between the dad and, and the ex-wife. They're, they're coming back together, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's There's a lot of, I mean, we're going to get into this in our second season of our show, but when we start comparing the two films, there are a lot more parallels oh, yeah. than I think yeah. um, most casual viewers realize, but that's definitely one of them. Sure. Um, okay, okay, Matt. So I do want to end this conversation with our classic speed round. Okay. And so what I'm going to do is throw five quick questions at you. And I sort of want to hear the first answer that pops into your mind. Does that sound all right? Yeah. Okay. Number one, what is your favorite national treasure clue? The Meerschaum pipe. It's really cool. You know, it just has, you know, he just immediate knows to, to prick his thumb and get the blood and just roll it and see, you know, see the code and figures it out right there in the boat, you know, there in the middle of the, was it the Arctic or Antarctic, where was it? The Arctic right. Circle, Arctic. yeah. He just figures it out right there, you know, cutting his finger open. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard Emily complain about that scene many a time because yeah. that's, that's her, her shtick. That's her lingering question, we could say. <laughs> I don't think he's, he's that intelligent. He just knows, you know, he just knows to do it. I mean, honestly, we've also talked about how he seems to solve all of the actually challenging clues within two seconds flat, mysteriously, every time. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's that good. He's, he's a genius. <laughs> Speaking of uh, genius, this is an an important and uh, thought-provoking question now. What is the appropriate number of lemons to keep in your refrigerator? Three. You want to know how I came to this answer? I do. Lemons in my refrigerator right now. I have three lemons. And I mean, I've thought about this question a lot. I think maybe he just likes, you know, maybe he just likes fresh lemonade, or he maybe drinks a lot of cocktails that need lemons. And he just had a and and Ben knew. I mean, his his um his place was getting raided by the FBI. Uh, I mean, he knew they needed something, and you know his dad was the closest. So like, hey, this guy probably has lemons. He's got what we need. So he didn't want to go to his father, but he had to. He had to. No other options, truly. But, but I currently keep. I I personally keep three in in my fridge. So. Okay. Three it is. <laughs> and uh, Matt, what is one word you would use to describe Agent Sadusky? Curious. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah, he has all those little lines. He thinks that are corny. You know, that maybe aren't the best well-written lines, you know. I think deep down, being the Freemason, he wants him to find the treasure. You know, he doesn't want him to go to prison. He lets him just get away. I mean, he, he just jumps into the bay, you know, the Hudson. Um, just lets him get away with that. Can't find him. Even the second one, yeah, they do catch him eventually, but even then he escapes. I mean, I think, I mean, eventually, you know, he didn't even, he could have taken him to prison, could have locked him up forever, you know. But, you know, he, he listened to Ben's advice and went and arrested uh, the others instead, breaking into that church. I think he wanted them to get the treasure, but he was having to be the FBI agent. You know, he was having to do his job, but was giving a little, little, little leeway, you know. 
you know what? I haven't had anyone be able to convince me that Agent Sadusky isn't just bad at his job. But you know what? I'm picking up what you're putting down here. I'm uh, I'm it impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a... That's an interesting thought. I mean, maybe he's not bad at his job. He's just being willfully ignorant. Yes, exactly. Wow. You've given me a lot to think about here. We do have two more questions in this round. What is one location at which you would like to see National Treasure 3 film? Well, they've been in D.C. They've been in, was it South Dakota, Mount Rushmore? Mm -hmm. Go out west. The, the gold miners, find some treasure out there and maybe the Rocky Mountains or something, kind of cover the entire United States, you know, that's where they need to go next. Makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. And, uh, and my last question, I'm going to force you to pick okay. National Treasure or Book of Secrets. National Treasure, it just holds, you know, the, the most, uh, you know, the most special place in my heart, just being, I will say something about that. It was the, when did it come out? 2004, five. Mm-hmm. 2004. 2004. That was the um, first movie I saw like without my parents driving me or something. And I didn't have any supervision or anything. So uh, there, there's a meme I saw on, uh, on Reddit. And it's from the, uh, the Inside Out movie, you know, the, the Emotions movie that mm-hmm. Pixar did. And it has core memory. <laughs> and to see in the Declaration of Independence being stolen for the first time. And like that, for me, that really is a core memory, you know. So <laughs> That's uh, awesome. May I ask one more question related to this? You may. If you can tell me, and I, I don't know if you can, um, maybe we have to wait for the next movie. What's on page 47? Uh, we, the national treasure experts, I mean, have you, a lot of theories. <laughs> I think we could tell you, but we'd have to kill you. Ooh, no, we can't, we can't have that, no. <laughs> can't have that. I, I need to, I don't know. Well, I guess I'll just have to wait for the next movie then. The next movie, and you're just going to have to keep tuning into National Treasure Hunt. Yes, I am, for sure. We might maybe maybe you can get uh, Charles Seegers back. We would love to. He is, it's on the list. Did you enjoy that, uh, that combo with him? Episode, yes. Very awesome. good. Uh, well, thank you so much again for being such an awesome fan. We love chatting with you on Twitter, and uh, we'll find you there again soon. I'm sure you will. And there you have it, interviews with National Treasure superfans, and we honestly cannot thank you all enough for joining us and being such good sports and answering all of our silly questions and letting us go off on tangents because, you know, I know we had started with a specific set of questions that we thought we would use. Well, things got a little off the rails, but in a very good way, I think. Yeah, in a, in a great way, I'd say. And guys, thank you so much for putting up with Aubrey talking. You know, I I know it's it's different than me. I I can't apologize enough that I wasn't there to provide you with my dulcet tones. But you know, okay, you know, at least I was able to talk to them about plot points in chronological order and recite quotes properly, even though you're the queen of quotes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of quotes, I did like some of the quotes that were picked, I have to say. So thank you for including that question. You know, I do what I can because contrary to your belief, thinking that I'm a terrible interviewer and terrible at what I do, I tried to include all the questions that even you would enjoy, Em. Thank you. I feel I deeply appreciate it. 
You know, I, I do agree with you, though. I think some of the answers we got were sometimes unexpected, sometimes even more fun than we could have anticipated. And I've got to say, no one has ever made me question my feelings about Agent Sadusky more than Matt. So, Matt, I've, uh, I can't say you've completely turned me on Agent Sadusky, but you've given me a lot to think about, so thank you. You made her think, man. Good job. <laughs> well, we hope you all enjoyed this bonus edition of the National Treasure Hunt podcast. Remember, the whole point of this was to keep you entertained during our two-month hiatus. So we hope you're hanging in there without National Treasure Hunt every other week. But don't worry, because we will be back with new episodes starting our season two the first Wednesday of January 2021. So that's when you're going to want to check your podcast library. We're going to be back on the airwaves and we're focusing on National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Get ready for some live commentary coming your way. I know how much you guys enjoyed that one in the first season. We are going to be back and we are going to be live commentating live commentating <laughs> uh national treasure 2 it's gonna be a grand time guys if you are not already please go ahead and give us a follow on twitter and instagram at nt hunt podcast and as aubrey said you can find us on your streaming platforms that's itunes soundcloud spotify rate us review us subscribe to us we love to hear from you and we're looking forward to bringing you more new episodes very soon. Indeed we are. And until then, I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And thank you so much for joining us on our national treasure hunt. Mm-hmm.